A dance CEO thrives every day with focus on gratitude, growth, and feeling aligned. Unapologetically putting themselves first, striving to become their best self personally and professionally, creating their own definition of fulfillment and success, rejecting the starving artist mentality and competition mindset for one of abundance in all things, including the success of other dance business owners. Welcome to the Dance CEO Podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have Caitlin Sloan, founder and CEO of the Brainy Ballerina, here with us today. Caitlin is a dance educator and career mentor based in Madison, Wisconsin. She received her Bachelor of Arts in Dance from Grand Valley State University and graduate certificate in nonprofit management from the University of Missouri. Caitlin has danced professionally with companies including Ballet Tucson and Missouri Contemporary Ballet. She has served as director of the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet and has also been on the faculty of Central Indiana Academy of Dance and the School of Madison Ballet. In addition to guiding aspiring pre-professional dancers to a successful dance career, Caitlin is also spending time with her husband and son, taking long walks, and sharing her love of reading via the Brainy Ballerina Book Club. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks for being here today. Hi! Thank you, Audra. So excited. So those who don't know, um, Caitlin and I have actually known each other for a little while. We connected over a year ago, and she actually became one of my first clients in the Business Academy for Dancers that I host. So that's how we first connected, and it's been amazing to see Caitlin just continue on her path with her business and what she's accomplished. Retired from dancing, I kind of had my career trajectory laid out for me. I was the school director at Missouri Contemporary Ballet where I was dancing. And I was becoming the associate executive director of the company as well. So I was really moving into new leadership roles. I was super excited about everything that I had going on. And I kind of was like, okay, I've got my path. I know what I'm going to do. I think a lot of dancers when they retire, it's really stressful. And there's a lot of anxiety about it. And I was like, no, I've got this. I know what's going on. And then a few months after that, my husband got a job offer out of state. And ultimately, we decided to move for his job. And so then everything just changed. I didn't, I felt totally lost. I was in a new place. I had just retired. I was going through a huge like identity crisis basically. So I was looking for jobs where we were living at the time and it was the middle of the year. So I was having a hard time finding teaching jobs. You know, schools had their year set. So I got a job um, working as the administrator for a school and I would just sit at the front desk every single day and I would just be so miserable because I could just hear the classes going on. I could hear the teachers teaching. And I was like, I just want to teach. And yeah, I was just miserable. And the job was great. Like my boss was great. The, it was a great place to work. I ended up teaching there eventually. So it all worked out. But there was just this period where I just had like this heartache for not teaching. I was like, I don't have any students. I'm a teacher. I need to teach. So I just kind of started thinking about all the things that I want to teach my students the things that are important to me when I'm in a classroom and all the resources that I looked for when I was teaching full-time and didn't have a lot of extra time that I couldn't find. It's like things I would search for for my students and be like, there's nothing out there like this. So I just kind of started, the wheel started turning and I thought, why don't I create this? I have more time. I'm looking for some way to share everything I've learned about education. So I started the Brainy Ballerina with the mission, you know, to help dancers just really become smarter dancers because that's my my passion in education. And so initially it just started as completely just printable resources where I made resources for people to use in the classroom. So like stage directions, classical ballets, um, ballet history, things like that, that you could just, teachers could easily print off, 
take into their classroom, integrate really easily with their class, not, you know, a huge whole lesson plan, but just simple tidbits of information. Um, and that's really all I kind of had planned <laughs> to do with it at first. I was like, this is great. It'll just be a little side thing. And then um, from there, it all just kind of exploded. But that was the very beginnings of the business. Yeah, I totally understand the resources thing. I wish I had had the resources you've created now, like when I first started teaching dance, like almost 20 years ago. So that's amazing. And I love that you went with that. Um, you just mentioned that things have definitely exploded. So what is your business like now? And what are you focusing on and doing compared to when you started it? Yeah, so I still, of course, still have all those resources and they're really well loved and I'm, I'm seeing so many studios and teachers getting such great use out of them um so basically I started teaching again um shortly after that so I was kind of like okay I was feeling really fulfilled and I was happy with that and then we moved again and then there was a pandemic and then I had a child so it was a whole nother like life change and again I wasn't teaching I kind of went back to that place again where I was like okay I need more now and so I knew the business had more to go. And that's when I started working with you, you know, in the academy, because I just was kind of at a standstill where I had more to give, but I didn't know what it would really look like. Uh, and so over the last year, really, it's grown to include private lessons, you know, with just with COVID happening, we just learned how much easier it is to do all these virtual lessons and that kind of thing. And of course, I still love being in person, ideally, but like the power right. to have a lesson with somebody across the world is amazing. So mm -hmm. virtual lessons. Um, Right now, I'm mainly focusing on career mentoring for dancers, which is something that I just found, like I kept trying to make printable resources for this and just for career stuff and just kind of kept realizing like, there's more, people need more. You know, when I kept talking to dancers, I was like, they just don't know how to get out into the professional world. Like they're technically trained, they've got the skills, but the business side of it, because essentially as a dancer, you are your own business owner. Yes, preach. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, learning those skills, you don't learn those skills in the dance classroom. And I know as a school director, like I didn't have time always to integrate that into the curriculum. We would do like resume building, we would do headshots, but like that was the, the bulk of it, right? We didn't have time yeah. for all the stuff. And so I know like as a studio owner, that's really tough. So I'm just trying to help fill this gap for students and for teachers who are like already overbooked to say, hey, I have this service where I can come in and help your dancers figure out what they need for their career, how to present themselves, how to get everything ready, how to get organized and really just understand that business side of things. I love that. So I'm actually just curious. So with your career mentoring, are you doing that one-on-one? -on -one? Are you doing like workshops or what are you doing? I'm, I'm just curious to know what that shifted into. Yeah, so one-on-one -on -one mainly because everyone's so different. Like every right. client I have, their needs are completely different based on their career goals. There's so many different paths you can have to be a professional dancer, even just performer. You know, beyond that, there's even more. So mainly one-on-one. -on -one. I do do a lot of um, in-studio workshops uh, for schools to kind of give them like introductions into certain things that they might need to think about. But from there, you know, I just really love working with individuals to figure out exactly what they want out of their career and how we're going to help them get it. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely would have benefited from that. <laughs> Me too. Um, right? Yeah. Okay, I want to dive into what it's like for you day to day running your business because now this is something I've gotten clear on as I've been running my business for four years now, but each dance CEO business owner does it differently. So I want to know about your day to day. Do you have a morning and or nighttime routine and what does that look like? 
So right now I'm four months pregnant and I have a two and a half year old. So okay, not so much. We're in survival mode. Like it's right. just getting through that. But in a normal, you know, day, right. I'm not a huge morning night routine person, but I do have like my non-negotiable. So in the morning, coffee is my first right. thing. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't do anything to like my coffee and then some kind of movement. Either I do a workout, you know, I write out my Peloton, I do something else, or we go on a family walk or something. It doesn't have to be a huge workout, but some kind of like movement to start the day. And I always take a shower. Like I'm a morning shower person. That's how I wake up and that's how I get my brain flowing. So that's I mean, my morning routine. Very you simple. Have, <laughs> you have shared that some most of your ideas have come even while you've been in the shower. So pretty much exclusively. Like <laughs> I, yeah, that's where they all come. You know, it's that moment where you're just like zoning out and then all of a sudden everything becomes right. Quick. So I love it. That's like my go-to. And then nighttime routine, I mean, even simpler. Like I just like to end the day reading a book or watching a TV show. And usually I like to have a little treat, like usually a glass of wine, but right now it's like been a popsicle, but (laughs) (laughs) I just like to have something that kind of signifies like, this is the end of the day. I'm winding down, but I'm a really early, I mean, I'm usually asleep by 9 PM at the latest. So I'm an early to bed kind of person, early to rise. I just, um, but yeah, right now it's just kind of seeing what is going on my life is a little little bit crazy and we're just kind of getting through it and that's okay I think sometimes too I think we put a lot of pressure on those routines and Mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to do what you got to do yeah and that's actually like what I like to share with my clients is the routine is that you have a routine and that there's something that you do right if you like wake up every day and every day is completely different that's not a routine at all the fact that you recognize like hey I know that generally this is what I do. And at the end of the day, this is generally what I do. But like, I, I personally, I have ADHD. So my like, if I woke up at a certain time every day and did this and this, that's just not how my brain is wired. But I do have things that help me know this is the beginning of day, just like you said, and there's things I do at the end of the day, like this at the end of the day, the routine is having a routine, but it doesn't have to be the same thing every day at the same time. So I think you're, I think you have one. It sounds like you taught your brain to be like, this is, this is how I start and end my days. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Just keep it simple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What feels good to you. That's the whole purpose serving ourselves at the beginning and end of the day. Yeah. Um, what, when do you work on your business? Especially (laughs) like, so how do you, how do you make all this happen? The materials that we see all your, like all your social media presence, all that, when does that happen in Caitlin's world? (laughs) So I work about 10 hours a week. Okay. And that's about the two hours that my toddler naps every day. So (laughs) he goes to his nap about 11 to like one. And that's when I get my work done. Um, sometimes I'm able to squeeze in more time on the weekends or if, I have a babysitter or something that we right. can, you know, I try to squeeze in more, but like I, I built my business to only require that much time at this point, because I want to be home with my kid. And I want that balance. This is a time where I'm happy to be in that place. And sometimes it can feel frustrating. My business isn't growing as fast as I want it to because I'm limited on time, mm-hmm. but I'm also know that this isn't going to last forever. And there will be a time when my kids are in mm-hmm. school and then I'll have that freedom. So I'm really at peace with the balance. And so, yeah, I keep it pretty minimal. I only take on so many clients at a time. I batch a lot of stuff and just make sure I have things ready to go. And yeah, but it's really only about 10 hours a week that I'm working in general. That sounds amazing that you were able to figure out how to keep your business growing, but also continue to honor what your goals were from the beginning, which is keep it minimal to focus on your family. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think we forget that, especially when, there might be misconstrued ideas of what a business should look like in the dance world or how you show up for your business. I know, you know, I talked about this before a little bit, but 
you know, we as artists, we're passionate about everything we do normally and we love it, but we also need to make sure that we put balance into that. And it's okay to say, I'm passionate about this, but I'm going to put boundaries on this so I can then also serve other areas of my life. And our businesses don't have to be everything. They can be a part of who we are. And that was hard for me becoming from like my dance career, because when I was dancing professionally, I danced nine to three. I taught four to nine. Like my days were 12 hour days every day. And I was very used to that schedule. So making this transition into, yeah, saying, okay, it's all right that I'm not, I am working all the time, right? Like mm -hmm. being a stay-at-home mom is a full-time job. So reminding myself that, first of all, I am always working. I am still have like 14-hour days. <laughs> well, like 24-hour days, right? You never actually get time off. But, and realizing that like exactly like you said, I'm okay with it not, you know, feel like I'm hustling as much as maybe like right. I feel like I need to for, based on my previous experience in that you know culture of the dance world and being okay with kind of making this transition into a little bit of a different business model and but that was the whole point of it was like I want something that can fulfill my passions keep me engaged with the dance world that I love that I know makes me feel happy and helping dancers gives me so much fulfillment mm. but also not feel like oh I have to do this full time where I'm I'm really struggling to make all of it work, you know, just giving myself this flexibility has been so huge. <laughs> flexibility. <laughs> Answer joke. We're taking this quick break. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this first ever recorded episode of the Dance CEO podcast. And secondly, I want to share with you something new that is launching this coming January, the Dance CEO University this amazing group coaching program designed for already established dance business owners of any capacity. I define a dance business owner, anybody who serves the dance world in any format, not just studio owners. And the six month group coaching program is meant for those who already understand the basics of running their business and they know that there's a better way, they wanna increase their revenue, they wanna streamline their process, they wanna work smarter, not harder, they want to break through the ceiling that they feel that they've hit. This is the place to do it. The Dance CEO University will be no more than six individuals joining to have that one-on-one -on -one attention. The six months of constant guidance, both from the group and specifically myself, an experienced business and mindset coach who has already coached multiple groups of dance business owners to success. And you will learn the longevity and sustainable skill sets to get you where you want to be, not just now, but in the future. You'll learn systems. You'll maybe even learn how to build a team if that's your desire. You're going to get even more clear on how to expand what you are capable of, both personally and professionally, and really, truly hone in on and level up your skills at being the CEO of your life and business. Now, if you are really honestly interested in this, you need to go ahead and visit my website, thedanceceocoach.com. And learn more about it. And if you're ready to do it, go ahead and sign up. There is a full payment option or a payment plan available to you if that is something that you need. And we get started middle of January. So please, please check it out if this is at all even remotely interested to you. If you've been thinking about how you want 2023 to go differently than it's been, if you finally recognize that you're ready to do the next level of work, we cannot wait to have you. And I would love to see you in the Dance CEO University. Now back to the rest of our conversation with Caitlin.
That's so empowering. And also, isn't that the goal of having your own business is that we think it's going to give us freedom, but then some people find themselves doing the, I'm working more in my business than I was without having a business. Yeah. yeah I love, I love that you have been able to show that example that you're finding that success in it. Also, I mean, I just want to clarify your, your business isn't like your main breadwinner, right? Like just yes, to help. That is true. I'm very, very lucky that my husband has a full-time job. My business is supplemental income to mm -hmm. our family. And so that is a huge blessing that I am able to take steps back when I need to. It's mm -hmm. not like I am, I'm looking at this going, oh my gosh, if I don't bring this many clients this month, I'm not going to be able to provide. So yeah, I am absolutely very lucky in that sense. And, um, and yeah, I just, I feel like it's always a struggle though, because I mean, even though I sit here and say, oh, I love, you know, the balance is like, oh, I've struck this. It's right. so hard sometimes, right? right. Like, like in days where I'm like, oh, I just really wish I had a few more hours to get this done. Like mm -hmm. I see other people, other business owners that I admire and I see what they're doing. And I'm just kind of get, I see that they have little kids too. Right. And I'm like, oh, I get jealous of everything they're accomplishing. Mm. And it's a lot of mindset work to remind myself that this is what I, I set this up intentionally for the way that is going to work for me. And it's okay if other people do it differently and not yeah. to get caught in that comparison. Yeah. And, you know, just like, there, there's no two structures or businesses that are the same. And what we see on social media, right, is only a small part of what we understand. So like those listening probably had no idea that Kaylin was running this amazing business that she's created such a strong presence for with only 10 hours a week because of the value you offer and the quality of content you've you've gotten clear on how to show up with that, that you've done it with less versus more. And that still shows that how impactful you can be and that you are truly creating a wave in the dance industry and allowing people to expand and understand they could have more say in what's happening in their awareness of careers. So it's totally possible to do less time and still be very successful. And that also makes me think about like, then we, then we have to figure out, get clear on what, what our personal metrics are for success, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just said, you had to remind yourself and get clear on what is that versus, well, actually someone else doing this and I get jealous, but really, so, I mean, I wasn't planning on this question, but now I'm kind of curious, like for you, what would you think off the top of your head would be signs that of you are finding success and how you're structuring it right now? I would say for me, it's more of an internal feeling. Like I can tell when I'm getting off course with my measure of what's important to me. When I start to, I start to feel that stress bubbling up, mm. you know, you get that feeling in your stomach and you, your shoulders, and you just start to feel that like anxiety basically in your bodybuilding yeah. where it's like. And that's when I have to stop myself and be like, okay, where is this coming from? Like, and it's not to say that nothing's ever going to be stressful in your life or stressful in your business, but it's always that moment of me going, what is in my control here? Mm -hmm. Have I created an environment that is making me be stressed? And I notice, especially when I like have moments with my son where I start to get really short start to get really like tense about things. yes that happens as parents like yeah. I have two little humans I get it we all have it right like you're never gonna have days where you're never just on edge but I I can definitely sense when that happens sometimes okay have I said yes to too many things have I got off track of what I'm it's really important to me here you know because mm -hmm. it's hard as a business owner you want to say yes to all things because you can see what would happen for your business if you were able to mm. do all these things, but then if it starts to filter in and impact your personal life negatively, it's worth saying, okay, is this really what I, I wanted? And again, like I said, I have the luxury of being able to say, oh, I can say no to that right now. 
Uh, and so it's, yeah, just that's kind of how I measure. I mean, it's not like a very uh, scientific measurement, right? No. But it's like, it's how but, I know when I'm on track. Yeah, but I mean, we, we function as creative beings, with, you know, mainly from how we're feeling about things. That's why we're in this art form, right? So I think it makes, I validate that. That's how I function and speak to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can give an example. Caitlin and I were both on a call earlier this week in the evening, which we both probably wouldn't be working. We uh, are both mentors for this amazing new college level organization called We Are Queens, and they're helping college level dancers get connected with profession. I was not planning on plugging this either. I'm plugging them now. Yeah. Anyways, they, they had a call <laughs> and asked for mentors, to, the mentors to hop on and help get feedback, to help structure and help their pro- program grow. And so I have my kids right now. I'm divorced. I share my kids with their dad and my kids are in school. They're in third and first grade. And normally when that call's happening is when we would have been getting ready to go to bed. So we didn't even start bedtime until after that. So it impacted us for two days. Our evenings and our mornings were a little rough. I don't know about you, but like there's those little moments, like that was a conscience. Yes. On one thing, knowing there would be some, you know, reciprocation or um, repercussions, repercussions, repercussions. But, you know, like we were mindful of that. And I was aware that probably something would come from it versus constantly saying yes to things that are outside of what the boundaries are normally set and then recognizing it's offsetting us. But yeah, like, like I wouldn't take a client on at that time mm-hmm. every single week. Right. But like for one week where it was an important meeting that I felt like, yeah, I really want to be a part of this mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about this organization. Yes. Like you said, it was worth it to make it work. And yeah, it did make it a little tricky. Like dad had to do bedtime all by himself, which we're usually, you know, mm-hmm. a team on that. So that was a little bit rougher, but I mean, we're partners and we make those things work, you know, so it was, yeah. it was okay. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Like it's, there's always give and take. Yeah. I, thanks for getting insight on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that as those who are listening, start to get better understanding that there, again, like you said, there's no one way to do this. And each, yeah. each day to day is different. Like to finish out that story, the next morning I had to bribe my, my kids with getting donuts on the way to school to get them out of bed to get us to school on time. So that happened. <laughs> it was great. They were very happy. They asked for donuts yeah. the next day. I said, it's not going to be an everyday thing. That was a, <laughs> that was a one-time thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for, for now, I'll use donuts for another bribe when needed down the road. Oh, yeah. Um, don't, yeah, don't listen to this podcast for parenting advice. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, I want to talk more about the process of running your business because um, I also learned from you, like as others who hope, you know, I, I, I always am in awe of how you show up and the, the professionalism you have with the quality of your business. Um, on the running side as the CEO, what is the strength you have with running your business? What is like, what is something that comes to mind? Um, I think you said this before and it resonated with me, but I think it's the clarity. Like mm. once you find the clarity in your business and what you want to talk about and what's important to you, it all becomes so much easier mm. because when, and I say this to my clients too, when they're looking at professional dance, it's the mm-hmm. same, it's really parallel, but it's like, when you don't really know what's important to you, that's when you say yes to too many things because you don't really have a clear idea of, is this going to actually be impactful for me or my clients? Or is this just busy work? Yes. And so being able to get really clear on who I want to serve, how I want to show up, what I'm comfortable with saying, what I want to share, what I don't want to share, you know, made it so much easier for me to be able to hone down my hours and get more done in less amount of time. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just finding that clarity. It probably motivates you too then to show up when you do do the work to be productive with that time that you have because you are already motivated and 
excited about what you're talking about, which is clear when you show up on social media, it's clear that you love what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's, it's would be, I can't imagine running a business that I wasn't passionate about. I mean, especially right. as an artist, right? Like that's just in our core. So, I mean, yeah, I have to feel passionate about it. I have to feel connected to it to want to show up. And if, and if I don't, if I do start feeling like I don't want to show up and I don't want to do the work, that is definitely a sign to me. Like, where have I gone off track? Am I missing my messaging? Am I, am I not as clear as I thought I was and having to revisit that? It can be frustrating when you only have 10 hours to like take a couple hours to like, okay, I need to revisit this, but it saves mm -hmm. you so much time in the long run. So it's yeah. worth getting clear. Yeah, totally agree on that. <laughs> I, I definitely could spend some more time making sure I'm, because I sometimes just keep going. I'm like, I just got to keep showing up and being consistent, right? Because that's such a common, that's like a common power word right now in the, you know, yeah. consistency. But yeah, sometimes consistency isn't going to serve you if you're not sure what you're being consistent about. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's just, it is just showing up and doing it because mm -hmm. that will help you get the clarity. Mm -hmm. like you can kind of, once, as you start talking and just doing it more, you realize, oh, that didn't feel aligned. That mm -hmm. did. So sometimes like it is just a matter of doing things yep. and taking that action. Uh, but it definitely is worth, you have to take the moment to go back and assess. Yes at some point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's actually, yes, that's something I've had to learn a skill with running my business is regular self-assessment, business assessment, and all of that, because I find it's like, if I go too long without that, then I've, I might have veered way more off track than I intended to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what is one of your favorite, favorite productivity hacks for running your business? What would you say? So something that I learned, and I didn't make this up, but I learned it from someone, I think I heard it on a podcast, right? <laughs> someone else on this podcast, but you, know, I think for, um, for someone, a lot of dancers were perfectionists, right? We have mm -hmm. this, this inner perfectionism, which is why we become so strong at our craft, but it can also be really detrimental to us. Mm -hmm. So I used to feel like if I had a to-do list, that to-do list needed to happen right now. Mm, yep. I did not want to end the week with things on my to-do list left over. And that always made me feel stressed and always made me feel like I was failing. And so what I do now is I have my to do list. I do the brain dump. I do all the things like that. But then I look at my calendar and I plug in what I'm going to do. And it's driven by my outcome as opposed to the task. So this is the outcome I want to have. What tasks do I need to do to make that happen? And then I say, like, these are things I'm doing this week. These are things I am not doing this week. And I think that's really powerful to say, okay, this task I am putting in my calendar for two weeks from now. And it's in there. So then it's not in your brain where you're thinking, oh, I have to get all this done. It's like, no, that is scheduled for two weeks from now. It does need to happen now. I have a time slot for it. It's good. And it gives your brain space to just focus on the thing you need to do now. So for me, that's been really powerful just to remind myself that I cannot get everything done right now, but I can get it all done. And then it also helps me to look at the list and say, some of these things don't need to happen, actually. Like that is busy work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not actually going to move the needle, as they say, right? So going yep. back and looking which tasks are actually needle movers and which ones really are going to impact my business and which ones are just like me spending two hours making a Canva graphic. Like that's not going to do anything, <laughs> right? But so it's, guilty. <laughs> where we want it to like look absolutely perfect um, yep. so getting away from that and getting more into like this messaging just needs to go out I'm not going to refilm this video anymore I'm just going to post it no one's going to care that's hard to let go of yeah that feeling but it's just 
people respond more to you actually when you're authentic and when you aren't so perfect. So it's really been a good uh, shift for me. That's awesome. So powerful. Also, if there's someone who is judging you on it being imperfect, you don't really want them in your space anyways. They're probably not someone who's meant to be connected with you. That's true. Or they can maybe learn. Don't struggle with this. Yeah. (laughs) Like we project what we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, remembering that it's probably not about you. It's about them. Yeah. And then if they're, they're really like, they can either, you know, learn from that or be like, this is not meant for me right now. I'm not in a space to take this on and shift this mindset. I clearly have about it, which I had to do that too. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, That's awesome. That's so, that's so true. I call it for me, my rolling to-do list. Mm. so like because I've, I've had to accept that my to-do list will never be done right yeah. like like you said like it's never not gonna be there especially with my ADHD I always have lists because I don't remember anything and so now for me my my approach to that is every night at the end of the my ideal scenario at the end of the work day I revisit what's left on my to-do list for the next day and I reorder in the order of importance and then I focus on like I pick the three things I want to accomplish the next day and I have like you know the general like the week was kind of planned out but things come up every day too right things will shift and then so sometimes I realize that things didn't need to get done and can remove or whatever but it's just I'll reorder what's happening but it's always ongoing it's just rolling till the next day and that gives me permission also to not to get to everything maybe I did maybe I only accomplished one of the three things and that's fine because I'll just roll to the next day and that's given me a lot of freedom too yeah and I think it also helps as you start to do this more you start to learn how long each thing takes mm-hmm. sometimes I, I block out an hour to do a blog post and it takes me way longer you know, or something else I have to do, it takes me five minutes and I think it's going to take half an hour. So like once you start to actually assess how long things take, you can get so much yeah. more efficient at planning. And I always leave a lot of contingency time too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't pack the schedule full. Like you said, like, I'm like, okay, this can shift, this can change. Here's a time block for if this day, something ha- went totally awry, no worries. I have another time block here. So you never want to pack it so full that you don't have any wiggle room. Yeah. That, uh, Cause that just leaves you in a place of stress and you're not going to be productive anyways. Um, yeah. One of the things I've had to learn with that to, to have that wiggle room is also make sure that I'm showing up as best as I can to, to be the most productive in that time that I've set. Like mm-hmm. I know that the days I didn't put effort into like do something, at least part of my ideal morning routine, right. Or I didn't do any kind of prep and I sit down and I'm like, brain is foggy. I didn't like do my stuff. I am it's going to be a long time to get through that first 30 minutes, an hour, just to get my brain going that I actually lost time versus if I did the things to prep me. So when I say, okay, at 10 a.m. I'm sitting down and this is the stuff I'm tackling. Like I did the prep works when I sat down, I'm ready to go versus taking that time to then get ready to go. And I actually lose productivity when I don't prep for it. So that's also another thing to keep in mind too. Yeah, exactly. And there are tasks I know that I just don't want to do. Yes. Right? And I'll notice when I'm doing them, like all of a sudden I'm checking my phone every five minutes and I have to really check myself. And like you said, like go back and kind of do a little mindset work. Like okay, what, why are you doing these tasks? Mm-hmm. Do they actually need to happen? Okay. If they are important, let's <laughs> talk about what the outcome is going to be when you get these done, mm-hmm. you know, and give myself that like little boost of like, just, just focus for half an hour and do this and it will mm-hmm. be over. You're making, it's taking so much longer than it has to because my brain's, you know, going off in different directions. So I think, yeah, just, yeah. Getting that, giving yourself the time to do the mindset work mm-hmm. if you need to is and that's one thing I really learned from you, of course, too, is just like, it's huge though, right? It makes a huge difference in your productivity. It's not going to slow you down or take time away from other more important things. It is the important thing. Yeah. 
And, uh, and also what that mindset work is different for everybody. So having to, that's another skill set to learn as being a business owner and CEO is what is the mindset work or the, the prep work and getting in flow. What is that for you? Is that going outside? Is that stepping away? Is that breathing for two minutes? Is that listening or getting up and dancing to your favorite? Like, what is it that gets you in that space? And you're going to, it's going to be trial and error. And maybe right now something is serving you, but in two months you've shifted and that thing's no longer serving you and you need to do something else to get you there. So the, yeah, these are all like, you know, we think about running a business, right? As like, what we, what we, what I perceive is like, there's board meetings and writing in spreadsheets and like mm-hmm. all of that. But really, especially when we're our own business owners and it's just us, it's it's the mindset. It's the little things. It's like, how am I showing up every day? How is my mind doing today to show up? And I have to spend energy on that internally first before I can do anything externally. And that's not talked about very much. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And uh, the more success we find is when we spend more time internally first with anything in life, not just business, yeah. right? I'm happier with other things in my life when I'm taking care of myself first. Yep. Okay, Caitlin, I want to dive more into your social media content because I just, even if, even if you and I had not connected with how I did, I like following you just to consume your content. <laughs> so I want to dive, I have some questions. I want some back end stuff if you're open to this. And yeah. listeners, I did not prep her for this. <laughs> this is stuff I'm just like, I want to ask. So talk me through your um, real process. Like you, when you when you post your reels, I feel like they're so on point. <laughs> Another bad dancer joke. <laughs> they're so on point. Like the, your messaging is strong, but also you do such a great job with making sure that like your message is aligned with what you're doing, even if it's on trend right now with the reel that you posted. Talk me through what that process is. Like, do you just pick a reel and say or a trend and say this is it? Is this like I have an idea and I'm gonna find the thing to match it? Like, what's your process to make that okay, happen? Yeah. So with reels, I mean. No, I just look at trending audio usually and I just find one that I like. And then I usually kind of look at some of the other people who've used it and say, oh, okay. Like a lot of, I mean, a lot of my inspiration comes from like all the mom accounts that I follow. <laughs> I you love know, it. I mean, that's, and then it's so, I can so easily say, oh yeah, I can totally use that as for dancers too. Like a lot of the things that come up, you know, again, it's it's really just our emotions, how we're feeling and, and a lot of these things that come up for moms, you know, like in some way come up for dancers. And so- that's where I get a lot of inspiration from just for like the trending kind of stuff. And then recently I've been doing more just like Q and a type reels, which I've been Mm. really enjoying. And I, and I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that in the beginning. I would have taken me hours to film a 90 second video hours. Like I can't even stress how long it would have taken me to do that. And now I'm at the point where I feel comfortable just talking, doing one take and then I'm good. And so that's been really nice to be able to share more. I think with like the reels getting longer, you know, I think it's been able mm-hmm. to share more content because I think the trending audios are fun and it can be a good way to share really quick information, but you can't get to the meat of the stuff really, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like having the balance of the two different types of reels. Yeah. I actually have just been revisiting that concept too, of like, it's great to catch them, but then the meat of the stuff can only happen. You can't do so much in a caption or if they're even going to read it or a seven second video. That's the thing. Like, I think I, I do put a lot of value in my captions, but a lot of people don't read. I do not read the captions on reels personally. I know I don't. So I'm really trying to say, okay, let's try to put more of that meat into the actual reel because that's what you're looking for when you're scrolling and looking at videos. You don't necessarily want to read. You want to just watch something. Mm -hmm. 
Did, could you have imagined when you started your business that you'd become like so great at social media and content creation and like all the things? Isn't it so absurd? It is crazy because I never really thought that was like something that I had mm -hmm. a lot of skills in. Like I ran the social media, you know, when I worked for the when I was a school director at MCB, like I had done it for a while. Um, but I didn't really understand what I was doing. And I just think the necessity of having an online business, like that was just something I had to learn. I didn't really have a choice if I wanted my business to thrive, especially starting it during a global pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going out and meeting people and talking in person. It was only online. And so, and I was missing the connection too. Like the only reason I really started getting social media was because I was feeling really isolated. I had a newborn. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't dancing. I was just felt really alone and I needed some interaction with other people who understood me. And I think that's why my social media started to grow at that time, because it was clear that like, I, we get each other, we're saying these things and it was like dancers were resonating with what I was saying. I was really feeling the energy from them, people who were commenting on my posts and following me. And so you know, and then those skills just start growing them again. And the more you do it, like if you scroll back to my original social media posts, like I, I really want to delete them, but I'm not going to, because I think it's important to keep yeah. that beginning. But like, if you scroll back a while, you'd be like, Oh, you know, like it's just yep. doing it and doing it poorly and not realizing you're even doing it poorly at that time. Like I thought those were like prime posts. You know? <laughs> Same. And then you're like, wow. And I'm sure I'll look back at what I'm doing now. If you're now and go, wow, okay. I've really evolved a lot. So things change and yeah. it's just part of being a business owner is you got to wear a lot of hats sometimes and you got to mm. learn a lot of things you never thought would be part of your job description yeah. but I really enjoy it and I think that's something mm. that because I enjoy it I do put more time into it yeah I didn't I didn't expect that when I started my business that it would satisfy my creative self exactly. so much and like I I don't feel for, I don't feel like I'm lacking because of that. Like every day I'm creatively problem solving something yeah. or sometimes I do spend two hours on that Canva just because I want to be artsy. I'm like, it's yeah. time. I just yeah. need to spend two hours on, even though I don't need to spend two hours on because I want to produce something artistic, but it's and so creatively it's, satisfying. Like, it kind of helps your, your performance. Mm -hmm. like, kinda, I miss being on stage. I miss performing mm -hmm. and like being able to myself out there on social media kind of feels like I'm doing a performance sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it satisfies that creative side. It satisfies that side of me that wants to just like get out there and, you know, make something that people are going to resonate with and connect to. So yeah, I think it's, it's really a natural flow for dancers. Yeah. That, yes. That's something that I'm working on trying to help my clients understand too and shift into that. Yeah. Um, Audra, I need to close my, my son just came in here. And that's <laughs> fine. You do what you need to do. <laughs> he just came in and looked at me and then just ran away. <laughs> He's like, mom, bye. It's boring. I'm out of here. <laughs> I would like to know if you had a chance to talk with like your 18 year old self, right? Who is pursuing her dance career. What would you share with her knowing what you know now and where you've landed? I think that I would tell her like, first of all, that she's doing a really great job. <laughs> like, I think that there's so much pressure and I felt so scared that I was going to make the wrong decision so worried that every step I took was just not going to be the right one and so torn between this feeling of wanting to have what I perceived as like a normal life versus the stancer life and wanting to have both worlds and ultimately I I think I found that I found that balance in my career and in my company and so I think I would just tell her like it's okay to do this path that 
teachers told me, like teachers told me I shouldn't go to college for dance. They told me I shouldn't, I, you know, do some of the things I was doing because it was like, this was not the pathway to become a professional dancer. And yeah, maybe I would have had a more like prolific career. Maybe I would have danced for bigger companies or something like that. If that, if I had taken different steps, but the where I ended up was exactly perfect for me because I listened to what felt right to me. And so I think there's like telling myself that just to tune into your intuition, it's okay to do what you're doing. Like this is your life, you know, and, and everyone else can have opinions about your life, but they're not going to be living your life. So, you know, you know, you just shouldn't take advice from people. Like you should listen to advice from people. You should internalize it, but ultimately like, they're not going to deal with the consequences you are. So so you have to, you know, so I think I would just make sure, like, I think this is how I feel for all dancers I work with around this age who are just struggling with these, with these decisions and feeling like there's a right way to do this and there's not. And that's what I hope to help them find, you know, is their path and, and dive into what actually is going to make them feel happy. I want you to come talk to my 18 year old self. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here today. I have a few more questions for you to help also our audience know where to connect with you. So what, uh, where can our audience find you? Like if they want to say, oh my gosh, I want to receive more from Kaylin, which everyone should, where can they find you? So on social media, it's all at the Brainy Ballerina on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, all the different places. And then my website is thebrainyballerina.com. And when you go there, you can see all my offerings my mentorship, private lessons, workshops, all of my principal resources, everything is on there. I love it. Thank you. And I have one final question for you. I would like to know, what does it mean to you to be the CEO of your life and your dance business? Well, I think first of all, this is the concepts that never really occurred to me until I started working with you. And so this shift into being the CEO was really, really powerful for me. Um, and I think what it really means to me is if I want something to happen, I have to make it happen. Like no one else is going to come into my business or into my life and create the things that I want and the life that I want. That doesn't mean I can't ask for help or that I shouldn't ask for help. Like you have to, but the vision is mine. This bigger purpose is mine. And so like, if I want it to happen, it's up to me. And it's really a scary responsibility when you put it that way, but it's also really empowering to think like, wow, this is in my control uh, because it can kind of feel like life is happening to you and a lot is out of your control. But when you shift that mindset into being the CEO, it's like, I am in charge and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to figure it out. So yeah, I think to me, that's really what it boils down to. That's, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Kaylin, it was so good to talk with you today. Thanks for coming and being a guest on this podcast. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Dance CEO Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure to follow us. And also, we would love it if you left a review to help expand the reach of this podcast, spread the message that you can be the CEO of your life and your dance business and enjoy it all.